Now I'm going to turn things over to Mr. Mark Weber to start off the first hour of this weekend's edition of Garden Talk. Good morning. So have you noticed that the season's beginning to change just a little bit? Yes. And why is it? What, how, how do you think it's changing? That's the good question of the day. Well, one thing I've noticed, mm-hmm. well, for one, we're not 90 degrees anymore. That's always a plus. But one thing I've noticed, the humidity's starting to ease up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the days are growing a little shorter. And the nights are a little bit cooler. And, uh, the, and, and the mornings are a little bit cooler, too, aren't they? That's right. So why do you think that is? It's time to change. It's a time for change. In fact, it's time for fall. And we're going to talk about how as we begin the month of August, the month of August is clearly a season for change and a season for you to do a lot of necessary things to your yard. And we're going to talk more about how this summer has been, I believe, one of the third hottest summers in the history books and how what we need to do to repair a lot of damage in our landscapes on this week's edition of Garden Talk on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. This is WHIO's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And a good Saturday morning to each and every one of you, and welcome to the first hour of what will be three great hours of radio right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. My name is Mark Weber, and I have been hosting Garden Talk now for 28 years, and I'd love to help you with your yard gardening and landscaping challenges, and if you've got a gardening question, we would love to hear from you today at 457-1290. That's 457-1290. That's where you can be part of this morning's broadcast, where you can be giving us a call if you would like. At 457-1290, as we begin this morning's broadcast, I'd like to welcome all of you. Um, last week, I was actually in bed. I had a really long week last week. I didn't get home to really late from from some work I was doing, so I decided not to kill myself coming into the radio station because sometimes it's just there's not enough time in the day to do all the things that you need to do. So I tend to try to take care of myself when the time comes. (laughs) And last Saturday was one of those days where I really needed to take care of myself. If you would like to join us today, folks, you've got a couple different ways that you can be part of Garden Talk. And if you've never listened to Garden Talk, let me tell you what we do here. We talk about gardening. We talk about plants. We talk about trees. We talk about dirt. We talk about all the things that go on in the outdoor world. And uh, and we do it here with a little bit of, of, of a different type of angle. And, and our angle is, is, is one from, from my education and certifications and qualifications. And let me explain. Um, I come to the radio here every week with about 40 years of combined experience with getting my hands dirty. Um, I hold uh, a couple degrees from Ohio State University in horticulture, and I'm also designated by the International Society of Arboriculture as a board-certified master arborist. 
Um, and I, I carry a number of other qualifications and certifications that I will not bore you with. But what I do with those uh, that education and certifications and qualifications is I spend time um, giving you, the listener, um, important information that will make all the difference in the world how successful you are or how successful you're not going to be. Um, the information that we provide here on Garden Talk is clearly based upon um, science and best practices. And people, you know, sometimes um, get a little jarred up about science and best practices. They, they think that it's ridiculous and how, you know, they're telling me what I have to do and that type of stuff. Um, and science and best practice basically means that these are the things that we've learned um, that lead us down the path to better success. These are the things that we have learned that, that keep us um, relatively safe with our trees. And these are the things that we've learned that if we do them, we get higher yields in our vegetables and our lawn looks better and, and so on and so forth. So that's what best practices are all about. Um, so as we begin this morning, um, we have a golden rule on Garden Talk. And the golden rule is there are no dumb questions, okay? <laughs> we'll start out this morning, ladies and gentlemen. There are no dumb questions, meaning that we want to hear your voices, your ideas, your thoughts, your questions, your concerns, your worries. All of that is easily done by dialing Javon next door, and he's at 937 457 1290. That's 457 1290. And it's completely free. That's one thing that about radio, about live talk radio, is we don't charge you. <laughs> they haven't figured out how to turn how to make you put nickels and dimes in your radio dial to make you listen to this radio station. So this stuff that we do here is completely free. Um, and uh, we do it for three hours. We're here till nine o'clock this morning. Um, and as we begin this morning, I'll tell you a little bit about some of the highlights we have of Garden Talk today. Um, first of all, coming up at the half hour mark of this hour, of the six o'clock hour, we're going to go in the garden and we're going to talk about why your maple tree may have a bunch of little bumps all over its leaves. And those are called erphidatic galls. We're going to talk about those today. Um, and at the 7.45 hour, we're going to be talking about uh, a very interesting vegetable that I think almost the whole world likes to eat. But I've, I have met some people, ladies and gentlemen, who do not like to eat tomatoes, which fascinates me on multiple fronts. And by the way, Javon, we've got people calling us already this morning at 457-1290. Um, and we're also going to be um, as the as the morning goes along, we are joined by Mr. Rich Pearson. Will be joining us later today. We'll also be talking to Randy Tisher from Green Velvet Sod Farms, and uh, we're also gonna we're gonna and Randy's uh, discussion today is really apropos. Um, there's a lot of lawns that have a lot of dead spots in them right now. There's a lot of lawns that have a lot of decline in them, and it's related to um, this summer. Um, I saw one of my meteorological friends uh, posted a thing on LinkedIn this week or the week before last that um, the greater Ohio area recorded the third hottest summer on record. 
And, um, you know, we, we always have this motto with grass. We grow it in the spring and we grow it in the fall. We maintain it in the winter and we maintain it in the, win- in the, in the, in the summer. And this has been a summer that maintaining grass was a real challenge. But the, the good news is, as we begin this morning, we're about 14, 15 days away from lawn seeding season. Um, and, and even people like me had lawn damage this year. Um, there were a couple spots in my backyard that just Pythium just took it out. Um, and there's not a whole lot you could, could have done except I guess use some fungicides, but frankly, as fast as it moved, I would have never caught it. So I'm facing some seeding issues, which is fine. That's what we make fall for. So as we begin this morning's broadcast, I'm, I'm going to say to you, summer is nearly over. Everybody's going, what? Yes. Javon, are you depressed already? Summer is nearly over. I am not. <laughs> Summer is nearly over and falls have already to begin. In the fall in the world of plants, ladies and gentlemen, it's August. It's August. I know the kids haven't gone back to school yet, and I know you're talking about, no, we're going to talk about pumpkins and corn stalks. No, we're not going to talk about pumpkins and corn stalks unless you call me at 457-1290. But what we're going to talk about today is the rebirth of your landscape. We're going to talk about why fall is the greatest serious period of time to do lawn repair and really set forth and, and lay down the foundation for a really good lawn. We're also going to be talking about why fall and August is a really good month as well to do evaluations of existing trees that you have on your landscape. A lot of trees that are in trouble show you that they are in trouble in the months of August and September. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today as well. Also today, John Scott from Knollwood will be joining us at the 8.30 hour. But the most important folks that we're going to listen to today are going to be you. They're going to be you and your calls at 457 1290 um, and you know, the kind of the good news too, is that we've got quite a bit of rain in the forecast for the next, uh, three to four days. I'm looking at the extended forecast Monday through Wednesday and it appears it's going to rain about every day. So, um, what's ever been, been, been tore up is probably going to get repaired with some much needed rainfall events, but at least we don't live in the Eastern United States where they're just getting buried in rain these days. Well, ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, we'll be taking your calls at 457-1290. I'm going to go talk to Mary in Dayton about her hydrangea. And along with that, take your calls at 457-1290 on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts, a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving Greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118. 
Gallery Home Furnishings in Inglewood is having their annual Smith Brothers of Burn sale. 60 months interest-free financing on Amish-made bedroom, dining room, tables, and upholstery. Custom orders welcome too. Hurry in, sale in soon. Visit galleryhomefurnishings.com. WHIO's voice in Washington could not be silenced. Jamie Dupree's reports are back on the radio again thanks to cutting-edge voice technology. Obviously, it will be nice to get back on the radio, even if it is a computer-generated Jamie Dupree voice. Hear Jamie Dupree 2.0 right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Oh, it's my turn again. Okay. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Garden Talk. Let's check out the updated weather forecast from News Center 7. For today, comfortable conditions at the surface remaining low with the humidity. A few clouds in the sky, but overall looking at a good amount of sunshine. 78 degrees for the high. Overnight tonight, we're dipping down to about 60 degrees for the low, partly cloudy and cool. For tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds and a slight chance for a shower storm popping up later in the day. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO. A current scan of the new live Doppler HG7 radar is um, clear. We've got a beautiful, beautiful morning on set. I'll tell you what, coming in this morning, low humidity, beautiful, uh, crisp air, so to speak. Uh, this morning here in the studios, in the South Main Street studios, I'm watching the sun begin to peak up over the eastern horizon. It's really a, a wonderful thing to watch. And currently it's 57 degrees in downtown Dayton on the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and garden talk, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning, everybody. Let's head back to the telephone lines at 457-1290. Let's go talk to Mary. Mary, good morning. Hope Taking so. my call, Mary. Good morning. Sorry, I pushed the wrong button, and now you are you are live on the radio. How can okay. I help you? Okay. Well, then let me say good morning again. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Um, hey, I have a question about my oak leaf hydrangeas. Um, they're about three years old, mm -hmm. and last fall, um, late in the fall, I did a like a major cutback on them, way down like twelve inches from the ground. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they looked pretty sad over the winter, but now the spring and this summer, they're coming back so beautifully, nice and green and full, just what I wanted, except there's not any signs of any blooms, not even any buds on and them. And why do you think that might be, Mary? I have no idea. Did the cutback destroy them? Yeah, you cut the blooms off. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, see, this is this is one of the important rules of thumb with, with pruning. Um Number one, I would advise you that pruning of shrubs, um, of, of any shrub, much after September the 1st, is running the risk of serious winter damage. Oh. Yeah. and well, and, and this is university sites because I kind of trust their information. Yeah, you just, I would say if you live in the south, you can, you, you can get away with it. But I'm going to explain to you from a... A, a plant physiolo physiology standpoint, why pruning in the fall, particularly with shrubs, is a bit hazardous. Um, plants are ruled by hormones, okay? Um, what, what triggers a plant to bloom is hormones. What triggers a plant to grow leaves is hormones. What triggers a plant to grow roots is hormones. And so when you trim a plant, 
um, you cause um, the the balance of hormones to completely change inside the plant. Okay. okay. So once you hit the month of September, plants in in the landscape are beginning, particularly this is with woody plants, um, are beginning to change. Um, their hormone sets. They're beginning to change their water sets. And a lot of the sugars that we're accumulating are turning into carbohydrates. Everything's kind of shutting down, so to speak. And on a cellular level, what's happening is, is the moisture is leaving inside the cells to go outside the cells. Why that is, is if the plant maintains water, a lot of water in its cells, the plant could very well when those when those cells freeze explode. It's almost like a like a balloon. Does that make sense? You know, when okay, you take yeah. a balloon, you fill it full of water, and you put it in the freezer, it expands because water always does expand when it freezes. So when we prune a plant in the fall, what we're doing is we're triggering those hormones to tell me to grow, grow. So we shift from gibberellins to auxins, and auxins are kind of these these things that inside plants that make meristematic regions grow and because you have when you grow you have to create a bunch of water with it does that make sense to you yeah so then if you get a hard freeze let's say the first week of november which we have had before Mm -hmm. we get lots of damage okay so that's why and it's and, and and your question is a good launching point for how we manage things. So if you've got roses or, or plants like that, pruning is going to kind of end about the first week of September. In the case of your case where you've got a, 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 hydra, a oak leaf hydrangea, it said it's already got its flower buds set right now today for next year. So they'll bloom next year? Yeah. Okay. So when you prune it in the fall, you're actually cutting off next year's flower buds. Oh. So the same, same, you know, the rule of thumb is if it blooms before June 15th, you prune it in bloom. If it blooms before June 15th, you prune it. And if you, if you, I'm just going to say, if it blooms after June 15th, you can prune it whenever you want because it blooms on first year wood. So a good example of this is like spirea. Most spireas, unless it's a bridal, bridal wreath spirea, blooms on wood that's produced um, on current season's growth. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the good general rule of thumb. But like I said before, watch your pruning in the fall. That is, ex- <laughs> it, the, I, I diagnose, my company, we diagnose more plant problems related to bad practices. And, that's, oh. and one of the bad practices is, is pruning plants in the fall. Yes, and that's the thing. I, uh, two different university sites were recommending, you know, late fall, cut them right down to the ground, and then they'll come back beautifully for you. If you live in South Carolina or yeah. you live in North Carolina or Georgia, yeah, uh, but not in all. Okay. See, we, we, live in the, we live in the upper Midwest. We have weather here that they don't get down there. And and if you and 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 they'll admit to you that 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 because you Northerners, I don't want to live up there. It's too cold, you know. And it's like, yeah, but I, I'll take our springs any day over your springs. So um, so beautiful bush this year and flowers next year. Yeah, you got all that great foliage, and plus you're going to get another little bonus with that oak leaf hydrangea this fall. Is you're going to get 
an amazing display of, of red leaves uh, come October, November, and they'll, they'll last well through the winter. Yeah. That's one of the, you know, the benefits. You know, when I first planted, I planted an oak leaf hydrangea um, in front of our home, at our, our home, and my, my wife, you know, griped and complained about it the first couple years because <laughs> Because it always had, you know, droopy leaves because it was getting established. So once it's established, now she just loves it to death, and uh -huh. and 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 she loves the fact that it gives you four seasons of color. And and you know what else makes oak leaf hydrangea cool? You know what that is? What? It is uh, one of the first uh, true American um, ornamentals that was collected and planted by presidents. Um, Jefferson and Washington are just to name a few. And what's interesting is, is the British <laughs> during the time of our being occupied by the, by the Brits during the pre-revolutionary war period, it was actually collected by British plantsmen taking the great Britain and the Brits called it a wimpy plant. <laughs> and to this, to, and it, it, they, they said it was a weak plant. And and I don't know why they thought it was a weak plant, but they, in the in the British uh, world of horticulture, there's documents written all over the place how the how the American hydrangea is a weak plant. Oh, I, I don't understand. <laughs> well, while we're planting it exclusively all over our gardens and and during the 1700s. Uh, which became great. I mean, if you go to Monticello or, 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 or Mount Vernon, you will find oak leaf hydrangea oh, that was yeah. planted I by did, our presidents. Yeah. I did see them at Mount Vernon. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's, that's the story of the oak leaf hydrangea. It's a great, great American native. Man, ha thanks for calling. Have a great day. Okay. Thank you. You too, Mark. Bye bye. More Garden Talk shall continue after this on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 6.30. I'm Jonah Adi with a WHIO News update. Our top story we're following this hour. A mom said she wants justice after an incident in Dayton is posted to Facebook. The latest details coming up. We're staying dry and comfortable today, but I'm talking the next chance for rain in my exclusive forecast coming up. Well, WHIO triple team traffic so far looking mostly clear throughout the Miami Valley. Still seeing that construction after six, uh, 75 northbound just past State Route 725. That still has the right lanes closed. And our top story, a mother demanding that the mayors of Dayton and Cincinnati seek charges in one incident that was posted on Facebook after it was caught on video. Bonnie Knight says her 13-year-old daughter, Kelila Harvey, can be seen on the video being hit with a bat. Knight and her family live in Cincinnati, but she says Kiyla right now is staying at a group home on Otterbine Avenue in Dayton and that a girl on the street has been picking on her. That's WHIO Sean Cudahy. He says 33-year-old Latasha McCleskey was arrested and released from Montgomery County Jail in connection with this incident. Right now, Knight is saying that she won't stop until McCleskey is in jail after she was told that no one will prosecute McCleskey because she was protecting her own daughter. We're going to be following this story and bring you updates as we get them. Well,
Well, an 18-year-old is being indicted by a grand jury in a Memorial Day fatal shooting in Huber Heights. Cops say Tylan Watson shot 19-year-old Soren Farkas, whom cops found with a gunshot wound to the head inside the garage of his parents' home on Charnwood Drive. Watson is facing four counts of murder as well as robbery and kidnapping charges. WHIO's Ron Otto says bond is set at uh, $250,000. Now let's get a look at that exclusive 24-hour weather forecast. Here's meteorologist Jesse Mag. For today, comfortable conditions at the surface remaining low with the humidity. A few clouds in the sky, but overall looking at a good amount of sunshine. 78 degrees for the high. Overnight tonight, we're dipping down to about 60 degrees for the low, partly cloudy and cool. For tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds and a slight chance for a shower storm popping up later in the day. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Well, the latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar still showing bits of heavy fog and uh, bits of heavy cloud cover, I should say, and some fog is possible out there in the early hours of the morning still, waiting for things to warm up just a tad. It's 54 degrees in Troy, 55 in Springfield, and 57 in Dayton at 632. I'm Jonah Adi on Dayton's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Depend on it. Hi, this is Larry Hanskin with Richard Herps of Keller Williams Hometown Realty. Richard, are we still in a pretty robust uh, market here locally? Absolutely. Last year, we had really great sales figures, and this year, sales prices are continuing to rise. Now, if folks are looking to get into the market and sell their home, should they then wait to see just how high prices can go? Well, I wouldn't wait because if you do, you could be left out. Inventory is at almost historic lows right now, and there is a lot of demand. All right. So how does the process begin? What if someone wants to put their home on the market? Call me at 477-1411. Now, you've also got an interactive website. What can both buyers and sellers find there? Well, they'll be able to find helpful tips on looking for a home and selling a home and also search for homes that are currently on the market. Okay, I can spot a winner when I see one. Richard Herbst of Keller Williams Hometown Realty. That website again? That's teamherbst.com, T-E-A-M-H-E-R-B-S-T.com. And the phone number? 477-1411. When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts, a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving Greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118. This is Clark Howard. If breaking news happens, we break in anytime. You're listening to Garden Talk on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now it's time to go into the garden with Mark Weber, a weekly tip to help your garden grow. You go outside and you look at that uh, silver maple tree that's in your front yard and maybe that red maple that's in the back. And you notice on the leaves, there's these protruding, almost like egg-like structures that are on the leaves. And you think, oh my goodness sakes alive, look at the giant eggs that are all over top of it. Well, don't let your heart go go worried here, because what you've got is the result of a very interesting animal called, called an, uh, a, a mite. And erphidatic mites will um, lay a lay uh, some do a little bit of feeding on the leaves of your plants, 
And as a result, they create these very interesting structures that uh, look and, and create like a gall on the leaves of your tree. Now, a lot of people will tell you that there, there's nothing to worry about. And frankly, there is nothing to worry about because it really doesn't affect the health of the plant. Um, the bottom line is that uh, there are resistant varieties of maples out there and other species of trees that tend to be more resistant against these galls and mites and midges. More so, you can even additionally, if you'd like, um, do during the uh, fall season, if you've got a lot of this, make sure you rake up and remove the leaves from the site because these insects, these insects and mites will overwinter in many cases. But you can also use horticultural oils in the spring, which will reduce these uh, mite issues as well. And keep in mind as well, there are some synthetic insecticides at a well that have some value and as well. So at the bottom line is don't cut down your trees, don't remove your trees, but just keep in mind it may be a periodic thing that may require little to no control. You've been into the garden with Mark Weber. Phone lines are open for your gardening questions. Call Mark now at 457-1290. Here's the gardening guru, Mark Weber, on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 457-1290 is the number of the dial if you would like to be part of this morning's broadcast. And uh, I'd like to know, um, are you picking any tomatoes in your house? Javon, are you picking any tomatoes? I am not, sir. Have you eaten any fresh tomatoes this year yet? I don't know about fresh, but I have eaten some tomatoes. <laughs> Well, you would know it if you ate a good homegrown tomato, Javon. I mean, I mean, let's get right down the brass tacks, okay? All right? Okay. You So have the tomatoes have you to have eaten, have they been delicious and tasty? Pretty much. Okay. So I know some people this year that have planted tomatoes that haven't gotten a single one yet. A single one. And right now I have a whole counter full of them at home. <laughs> With so many, I'll probably give half of them away. So I'd like to know how your tomatoes are. Coming up in about uh, four to five minutes, we're going to go in the garden kitchen and talk about tomatoes. But first, let's head to Dayton and let's go talk to Ken. Ken, good morning and uh, welcome to Garden Talk with Mark Weber. How are you? I am great. Good morning to you. Morning, sir. So my question for you is I have about 200 feet of road front shrubs, and I don't know the variety, but they've been overrun with poison ivy, weed, a hodgepodge of everything. Okay. And I want to remove them. Okay. And what is the best way for a homeowner to do that? Uh, well, um, since you've got a hodgepodge of a bunch of junk in there, <laughs> it's going to be important to get rid of the junk, too. Um, yeah. What you could do if you wanted to, you could cut all of them to the ground. And I would leave probably, without knowing what the shrub is, it's really hard for me to give you an exact answer here, but I'm going to give you kind of a generalistic answer, okay? Uh, sure. Cut, cut them down so you got about, about 8 to 10 inches of, of, of stem tissue above ground. Because you're going to need that later to help dig them out. But once you cut them, you know, that far above the ground, then go do an overtop spray with a herbicide called glossophate. 
And glossophate sold under a number of different trade names. Um, just make sure you use just glossophate. And glossophate will help you kill the remaining part of the plant you're trying to remove, but also will help control the poison ivy and the other rogue stuff that's in there. And you may have to apply a couple different applications of it, but then it'll allow you to remove that stuff. And once it's dead, it'll remove a lot easier than it will be when it's still alive and partially rooted in the ground. Okay. And um, depending on, again, what you're trying to remove, I, I can't go into very much detail on that except uh, a good shovel and a good spade <laughs> and a pickaxe and uh, go at it um, that way. So some of the tools available to me are a, uh, I have a Kubota with a front loader, Okay. which I was thinking I could. My thought was, like you said, cut them down push them, loosen it up, possibly stoke the soil and chain and hoist up. Yeah, you could do I, that. I mean, it, 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 depending on what you're trying to dig out, I mean, if you, if you leave yourself about eight inches to 12 inches, you could tie the chain around it and hook it to the bucket and do your thing that way. Um, yeah, you could do it that way. Or you could even, um, even if you got a toolbar on, if you got a, a three point hitch on the back of your tractor, you could probably even chain them up that way. Um, okay. That way, it it all depends on which. If you're if you're trying to pull taxes out of the ground, that may be a, a big big bigger deal than what you what you imagine. Sometimes Japanese user taxes have really 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 deep roots that are a pain in the rear end to get out of the ground. But uh, I would think from what I've heard, herbicide the area down after you cut them down, leave yourself at least eight inches to a foot of uh, foliage, I mean, of stem tissue that you can tie off to, to, to get them out. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Have thank, a great day. Thank you, sir. And good luck. And uh, of course, do this safely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Thank Thanks. you, sir. Bye-bye. Four, five, seven, 12, 90. Let's go talk to John in Canton, Ohio. Good morning, John. Hi, John, Mark. Hi. Good to hear your voice, sir. How can we help you? a lot of ants in my garden and I was wondering what I needed to do to get rid of them without poisoning my food. Well, what are the ants bothering? <laughs> That's my question. Well, I don't know. I guess I got ants in my house and I'm having a pest control people take care of them. And I just, I got ants all over. I want to get rid of them, I guess. Okay. Well, I was, I'm, pulling, I'm, I was, I'm, I was pulling weeds in the there was so many ants around was moving in this one spot. So okay. apparently I got a nest. So well, I'm going to ask you a question, and this is this is a really important question. Okay. Um, what 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 do ants do for the environment? I don't really know. Yeah, they they do a lot of good things. I mean, um, first thing is ants are 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 kind of what I call the the garbage men of, 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 of nature. Okay. They, they kind of clean up messes that we all leave behind. Okay. Um, uh, ants also, um, oxygenate the soil. Um, ants are an important part of the food chain, meaning there are other, um, insects and animals that eat ants that need them for a food source. Um, and ants also carry a lot of important beneficial fungi and bacteria around that helps plants grow in the garden. Okay. Okay. So, and ants are, are highly socialized, meaning that they, 
they belong to the the same group of insects as what um, um, honeybees do. Okay, okay. and uh, they have a pretty so a very sophisticated uh, colony, meaning that they have a queen and they have female workers and males. And um, in many cases, for example, like the carpenter ant, which eats on decayed wood and trees and things like that, um, they uh, will uh, set up what they call satellite colonies, okay? okay? And if you go along and, you know, you think you killed one carpenter ant, you've actually started seven or eight new colonies in the process. So the, the bottom line is with ants is, yes, they're not fun to have come in your house. And there's methods and ways to reduce um, um, ants to come into your house. But out in the, out in the yard, um, they are really an important part of nature. And they're not going to bother your vegetables or your fruit that you're growing, you know, in your, in your, uh, on your property, sir. Okay. Okay. So I would say deal with it with your house, but the rest of it, let it be. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. Okay, sir. You have a good day, okay? Thanks for the education. That's my job, John, and have a really great day, and thanks for calling Garden Talk. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's, Javon, go into the Garden Kitchen. You're listening to Garden Talk with Mark Weber on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now it's time to go into the garden kitchen with Mark Weber, a weekly tip to improve your kitchen table. Today's in the garden kitchen is tomato or tomato. How do you say it, Javon? Tomato, tomato, same thing. <laughs> Today's in the garden kitchen is tomatoes. You know, tomatoes literally, ladies and gentlemen, belong to the nightshade family of plants. Um, the species originated somewhere in South America and it became hybridized by um, the Aztecs. Um, what's interesting about this plant is that uh, this plant has been, it loves the heat, it loves heat, and it loves hot weather. Um, the Spanish discovered this plant, and when they discovered it, they, they, they took parts of it from indigenous people of Mexico, took it back to Europe, and disseminated it in countries like Italy and Great Britain and France and Germany, and the next thing you know, it was a hit. Um, and then each of those cultures took that, took that very same plant that came from Cortez, and hybridized it and years later we have all of these different varieties and specializations of tomatoes you know tomatoes botanically and morphologically is what we call in plant world are a berry type fruit um, but they're considered in the culinary world as a vegetable and what's interesting is that this actually became a huge legal dispute and it took an act of uh, the Supreme Court in the late 1800s to define that a tomato was not a fruit, but it was a vegetable, even though that we plant nerds know that it is a fruit. When you grow tomatoes, you can grow indeterminate types, determinate types, and also what they call the bush type or the semi-determinate. And all that means is that the plant that's an indeterminate will bloom and set fruit continuously over a very long period of time, while the determinate types will tend to bloom 
and set all the fruit at once and die. Keep in mind that tomatoes like sun, lots of sun. They like water on a consistent basis and more so um, tomatoes can be grown in pots and containers. Tomatoes can be grown in the ground. And keep in mind that the tomato is probably one of the largest consumed vegetables in the world. And frankly, in the month of July and August is the most delicious one that should abound in your garden anywhere. There are varieties that are heirlooms. There are varieties that are hybrids. But most importantly, tomatoes are good for you. They're high in vitamin C, and they are delightfully tasty. This week's In the Garden Kitchen, tomatoes. You've been Into the Garden Kitchen with Mark Weber. Phone lines are open for your questions now, 457-1290. Here's the garden guru, Mark Weber, on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 457-1290 is the number of the dial if you'd like to be part of this morning's broadcast. There's not one, but two open lines at 457-1290. And when we return... We'll be talking to Mr. Rich Pearson about all the things that we should be thinking about doing to our landscapes and so much more on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts, a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving Greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118. Gallery Home Furnishings in Inglewood is having their annual Smith Brothers of Burn sale. 60 months interest-free financing on Amish-made bedroom, dining room, tables, and upholstery. Custom orders welcome to hurry in, sale in soon. Visit galleryhomefurnishings.com. The only Dayton station that's watching traffic around the clock. When there's a major problem, we'll give you a traffic red alert every 15 minutes or sooner. Triple Team Traffic is on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning, everybody. Let's check out the updated weather forecast from News Center 7. For today, comfortable conditions at the surface remaining low with the humidity. A few clouds in the sky, but overall looking at a good amount of sunshine. 78 degrees for the high. Overnight tonight, we're dipping down to about 60 degrees for the low, partly cloudy and cool. For tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds and a slight chance for a shower storm popping up later in the day. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. A current scan of the new live Doppler HG7 radar shows a beautiful sunrise right now. And it is a delightful 57 degrees here in downtown Dayton, 56 at my house, 58 in Wilmington, on the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and garden talk, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Garden Talk here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And I'm really glad that uh, you took time out of your Saturday morning to listen to this morning's broadcast. And like we do each and every week on Garden Talk, 
We give you the insight and we also give you the information on how you can be successful in your landscape. And without further ado, up on the horticultural hotline, if I can find the right button this morning, Javon, you got to find the right button. I have the one and only Mr. Richmond Pearson. Good morning, Richmond Pearson. How are you? Good morning, Mark Weber. I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, I think. I really believe I'm okay. So, <laughs> um, it's summertime, and what does that really mean to us, Mr. Rich? Well, it means that I think above and beyond all else for gardeners, this really is a time to take a step back and enjoy the... Uh, the fruits of our labors, you know, mm-hmm. enjoy the garden. And at the same time, at getting there and something that must continue is to be out in the garden and uh, being very observant and, and paying attention to what's going on. And I'm noticing a trend with a lot of gardeners that there's an expectation of um, almost a, uh, an HOA-type landscape. What's an HOA landscape? A homeowner association type landscape where things are mandated to this this degree of perfection that doesn't necessarily uh, account for the health of the plant. Uh, you know, things have to be a certain. Are we speaking of unreasonable horticultural practices? That. <laughs> and what I'm finding this includes a lot is a willingness. Among many gardeners, the first thing they want to do is pick something up and spray the crap out of whatever, not even really knowing what the target is. And so it's a drum that I keep beating. We have to know the host. We have to know the pest. If the pest really is something that's destructive to the host, and what are the strategies and, and what are the conditions involved? And in my post, one of the things I, I mentioned was um, was bagworms. Mm-hmm. For some reason, everybody thinks it's, they're creepy to have to pick the bags off, which really is one of the most effective controls of these. They're Particularly dry. this I mean, late not... late season when the when the bags are completely formed around the around yeah. the insect, and... you have a hard time getting any degree of insecticide in there to do the job. Yeah. Right, so the best control at this point, um, other than to spray for crawlers, which there are species of bagworms um, present now, that they do have crawler stages throughout the growing season, but pick the bags off. They're dry. It's, it's like a little tiny soft pine cone. It's, it's not like picking a bugger off of the tree. It's easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pick those off and either bag them up and put them in the trash or destroy them somehow. And you may not have to spray at all. Uh, and then, moreover, take a look at the host plant because bagworms particularly tend to infest stress plants first. Now, they'll move out from those, but find the one that's, you know, the, the, the initial colony and find out why that plant may be the target. It could be it was planted too deeply um, and it's now having a root issue there there's any number of could be but investigate that host plant and if we can elevate the health of that host plant that's first you know ground zero for the bagworms 
it's very likely that in and of itself will help suppress the infestation. So it's a holistic approach. It's not pump that two-gallon sprayer up and by God go out and shoot them right off of there. (laughs) Because that also does a lot of damage to other organisms in the environment. 90% of the insects that are in people's yards are beneficial or benign. There's no reason to release a cloud of death and kill everything. And very often that will also impact things like like birds. Um, Birds aren't going to like vacate the area while you do your spraying and then come back in. Hummingbirds are going to be buzzing around all the time. So I think folks need to really open themselves to the idea that as gardeners, our primary responsibility is good stewardship overall. And that's you know, acting locally, thinking globally, be good stewards of the whole earth by taking good care and of, of our existing little patch that we're taking care of as our garden. Well, you and, know, that you're, and, and when you're really saying, Rich, and this is where, where it becomes a difficult thing is because when, when a person sees a problem with their plants, there, there tends to be, um, what's to say, an emotional reaction, okay? An emotional uh-huh. reaction is not one, in many cases, is an intelligent one. So what happens, <laughs> it, I, I'm saying that from a standpoint is that, that there's, how do they say, there's a whole issue of what they call emotional, you can be, you can be an intelligent person, but em, emotionally unintelligent, if that makes any sense. Uh-huh. And, and, and meaning that, if you if you look at a situation and you're concerned about that particular plant being in peril, instead of having a knee-jerk reaction is just grab something and go spray it, what we're saying is identify the problem, identify the plant that the problem is on, do a little research. It's not going to die overnight, okay? The worst worst calls in the world is, my plant's going to die and it needs to come out right away. And I'm like, yeah, it's been doing that for a while, hasn't it? Um, but, but, but it says, it says where we're kind of going with this is, is that this is where folks, you have to have to realize that you have to figure out the biology of the problem. And the biology is, is what life cycle it is, what it's potential to kill the plant. And that's in the key question that has to be answered. If you don't answer that question, you very well may be applying something needlessly. And that's the take home message that a lot of these things, like we, like we talked about today in the garden about erfidatic galls on, on maple trees. They're not life threatening. They're really not. But there are people out there that will tell you that they have to stay. We'll need to spray that because that's going to kill your tree. Bullpucky. That's not true. And so it's not necessary to spend money on things you don't necessarily need to remove do so so with that being said oh well rich by the way thanks for your call i really appreciate you being part of the program and um other than that uh take care of you okay i'm working on it all right take care of a few other folks that's what we should all be doing i I know one day at a time (laughs) 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 all right rich take care my friend all right bye-bye okay bye-bye bye-bye 
Folks, that'll wrap it up for our number one of this week's edition of Garden Talk. Off to the Garden Talk archives at WHIO Radio. And our number two is just around the corner. We're going to be talking to Randy Tischer from Green Velvet Sod Farms. We're also going to be talking to each and every one of you. Hopefully one of our great meteorologists from WHIO will be stopping by to talk a little weather talk. And along with that as well. Talking to you at 457-1290 on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And by the way, during the week, if you need to reach out to me, dial up my office at area code 937-438-2899 or look us up at weberlandscaping.com. And of course, Weber is with two Bs on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.